Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 207 as our opening hymn, hymn 207 as our opening hymn. Sing along. A pilgrim was I and a wandering. In cold night of sin, I did wrong. When Jesus the Christ shepherd found me, and now I am on my way home. Surely goodness, surely goodness. Restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul when I'm weary. He giveth me. 
him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. When I walk, when I walk through the dark, lonesome valley, my Savior will walk with me there. And safely His great hand will lead me to the mansions He's come to prepare. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. And I shall dwell, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I shall feast at the table spread for me. Oh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. All the days, all the days, all the days of my life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for today. Thanks for this time that we gather together here to praise your name here, to listen to your word, and to glory of your name here. We just want to ask you to help us to listen to your word and to apply your word to our life. And then we just ask, ask you to help Brother DeVito to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to preach your word to your people for your glory. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you remain standing and turn with us to him 447, him 447, higher ground, him 447. Him 447, sing along. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. Thy faith untethered stable land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell, for these are bound. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. Table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet higher ground. I want to live above the world. I want to live above the world whose darts at me are hurled for faith is caught the joyful sound the song of saints of higher ground Lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table lamp a higher plane Lord plant my higher ground I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright but still I'll pray to have I found Lord lead me on to higher ground Lord lift me up and let me Higher ground. 
Amen. And welcome to our afternoon service, and you may be seated. We're glad that you're able to be back here at our 2 o'clock service. We just have a few announcements. Don't forget about our ladies' Bible study this Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. You do not have to be a church member to come to our ladies' Bible studies. I'll say that again. You do not have to be a church member to attend our Lady Bible Studies, which will be 10 o'clock in the morning this Tuesday morning. Also, don't forget about our missions conference coming up. I know that all the books like this have been taken already. We had a number of them out this morning. We will be making more if you did not get one. We will have more for you uh, uh, this week. It takes a little bit of time to make them. We make them right here at the church. Our church staff does this, and uh, there's a mistake in it. I colored, yeah, I, I used my crayons. I'm not really good at them, but I, I amen, I use my Koran to color them in. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you'll get it by slow motion here if you didn't catch the Koran, amen. Anyway, um, we, we did run out of those. We do have a few of these left out on the, on the table, and we'll have more out there, probably some on Wednesday and then more on Sunday. If you really have to have one, well, you're going to have to be patient, amen. Yeah. And so they're being prepared for you. Praise the Lord. We got a number of extra people sign up for our prayer books. Amen. Our prayer notebooks. And we have now over, I believe, 30. If I look, am I right? 32? Okay. Uh, at least 30 now of people have signed up for the prayer booklet. That means everybody in our church and all of our missionaries will be prayed for every day for the next 365 days. There's nothing more wonderful than when we pray for each other. Amen. We need help and we need each other to pray for each other. And if we don't pray for each other, the Muslims down the street aren't. The Presbyterian church down the street's not going to. They, they're worried about their own people. And we ought to be praying for our people. Amen. And we need to pray for each other. Prayer changes everything. There's nothing that prayer will not change. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you haven't. And I appreciate everybody signing up again. Our missions conference is coming up the 12th through the 16th. And we did reach our goal last week for, for 2022. And so now we have a new goal we're going to set in 2023. But I'm very, very excited for our church to having given over and above from their, uh, than their tithes and offerings to our missions program by faith promise. Faith promise is not where you make a commitment. This is a commitment card, and you're going to do this regardless because you've made a commitment. That's not how it works. Faith promise works like this. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to give? I don't know what to give. And you pray and you pray and you pray, and the Holy Spirit puts on your heart how much you should give. And if you're like me, you say, I ain't got that much to give extra. But if that's what you want, all right, I'll write it down on the card. And then you pray all month long, and then God provides that extra money, and you give it. And then God provides that extra money, and you give it. And God provides that extra money, and you give it. And God, and that's faith promise. I promise by faith, trusting the Lord to provide that, that that's what he's going to give me, to give to faith promise. And that's what you've done over the last year, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also want to thank you on behalf of our missionaries. You know, I can't tell you that, but they can't work on the mission field. They can't get a green card. Like people can come to the United States, get a green card and work. And you don't even have to have a green card anymore. All you got to do is illegally cross the border and we'll put you right to work. Anyway, (laughs) we'll leave politics alone for a second. And, um, but our missionaries can't get a job. If we don't support them, they have no support. Amen. And America is the largest missionary provider to the world. No other country in the world has as many missionaries on the world's field as the United States of America. There is not even a country that's close. And it's all because of God's people who are willing to give over and above what God has given them. And I don't know about you, but I have never been able to outgive God. Every time I try, he gives me more. And so I, I, I'll just go right along with it. Then the last thing I want to re- mention is I want to remind you to pray for Brother Rodrigo. He is on an airplane right now flying back from, from um, uh, Ecuador to the United States. His doctors want him to get back here as quickly as he can so they can help him as much as possible. Um, they told him he just had a few months to live in Ecuador. 
Uh, when he left, he already knew he had cancer. We found out about six months ago, and they told him he had a year. I don't believe any of that. There is no ex expiration date on the bottom of your foot. Amen? Nothing. God set a date for you to go to heaven on the date that you were conceived. He gave you a birth date on that date, and he gave you a death date on that date. And the truth is, is you're not going to go till he has it set up for you to go. Now, I'm, I love Brother Rodrigo. If he goes to heaven, that's okay. That's what the Lord's will is. If he stays here, that's okay. That's what the Lord's will is. But I know this, while he is here, I want to pray for him. I want to encourage him. I want to help him. I want to, I want to shake his hand. Tell him we love him. Amen. Be an encouragement to him in every way as he goes through this difficult time. I also want to mention this. I mentioned it Wednesday night. Uh, Brother uh, Clark's parents are going through some difficulties physically. Uh, Brother Clark's dad did find out that he had, um, um, I know the word and it won't come to me, leukemia uh, this week and that there's really not a whole lot they can do for him anymore. And so he said on Thursday, I think it was, that he's ready to go. He just wants God's will to be done. And that's what he wants. And, and so we need to pray for, for his wife. We need to pray for him. And we need to pray for Brother Clark and his family. Amen. It's a, it's a difficult time. His dad is in the hospital right now, and he did go up there in Oklahoma uh, last week and spend time with both his mama. His mama had a, an ablation uh, this week, and so they both have, have some struggles going on there. So we need to continue to pray for them, if you would, as well. Amen? So God has a lot of things for us to do. All of it seems to be marched around prayer. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes, sir. Because yes, sir. it's so important. By faith, God changes everything. So I, I just thought that I, I, I'd remind you about those things. We're going to pray in just a minute. I also want to let you know that Brother DeVito will be preaching tonight, so uh, you, I won't have to punish you any further, and you'll actually probably get out on time. <laughs> and uh, uh, But uh, he'll be pray, uh, um, uh, preaching tonight, so let's pray for him as we pray for our offering as well. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for Brother DeVito being here with us. Uh, Lord, I enjoyed his message on Wednesday night. I ask Holy Spirit that you'd fill him with your power tonight. Uh, it was good to be able to have the, a message that, uh, that together with the Wednesday night and Sunday morning message work together uh, in a very marvelous way, and I thank you for that. You're such a good God to us. Now, I ask that you bless our offering. Thank you for allowing us to give to you. We love you and thank you for the way you take care of us. Now, bless this offering. Be with Brother Rodrigo as he's flying back from Ecuador today, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you have an offering, come and give it at this time. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 472, hymn 472. And after we sing hymn 472, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for our afternoon uh, special. <laughs> hymn 472. Sing along. I down in the valley with my Savior I would go. Where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow, follow on. Walking in his footsteps till the crown be won. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would 
follow on down in the valley with my Savior. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. With his hand to lead me, I will never, never fear. Danger cannot fright me if the Lord is near. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow one. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I will follow on, uh, down in the valley or up on the mountain steep, close beside my Savior would my soul ever keep. He will lead me safely in the path that he has trod, up to where they gather on the hills of God. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere. I would follow on, follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Amen. Please greet each other at this time. blessing. Thank y'all for singing. Hey man, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. But while you're here, uh, this kind of goes along with the message, but while you're here, uh, but while you're here, how to be salt and light to an evil and decaying world. So if you would stand and take your Bibles and turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter number five, 
Matthew chapter number 5. Amen. Matthew chapter number 5. We'll begin reading there in verse number 1. Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 1. The word of God says, And seeing the multitudes, he, talking about Jesus, went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and, and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Verse number 13 says, Ye are are the salt of the earth. But if salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thence good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse number 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If you would look back at verse number 13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. Look once again at verse number 14. The Bible says, Ye are the light of the world. I'm going to preach a message entitled this, How to be salt and light to an evil and decaying world. Or I've subtitled this, The Influence and Impact of Salt on the World. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for this opportunity we have to be in your house. And I pray, God, that you would use me in a special and mighty way, God, and have me to say the words that you would only have me to say. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. Uh, we love you, Lord, and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> my, uh, my grandpa on my dad's side uh, is one of those people who would say something like this. Uh, he likes a little food with his salt, okay? And I mean, I mean, he puts salt on everything. I think I've even seen him put salt on Cheerios, all right? He's put salt on everything. And he is one of those people who, according to doctors, are living life on the edge, especially uh, because of his salt intake. But surprisingly, he has perfect health. All right. I mean, I mean, perfect health, uh, especially compared to those who watch, watch their uh, salt intake and eat all those, in, in my opinion, junk foods such as uh, low sodium or saltless foods. All right. Uh, <laughs> see, I. I may not know a lot about cooking, all right? I, I don't claim to know a lot about cooking. I, I really don't, all right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I can make an amazing bowl of cereal. If y'all want to come over sometime, I will make y'all make y'all an amazing bowl of cereal. I mean, I cook that, and I put, you know, I put some love in there, all right? Lucky Charms, whatever you want, I'll make it for you, all right? And, I, and of course, I may not have a foodtastic palate like Gordon Ramsay or Professional Chef, all right? But if, but if you prepare food, and forget to add the salt, myself and everyone, I believe, will be able to tell that you forgot, forgot the salt. So in this passage of scripture, uh, we find that Jesus is teaching his disciples. Okay, he's, he's not necessarily teaching the multitudes at this point in time, although he will later on, and he would teach uh, on repentance and, and how they need to repent. All right, but uh, during Jesus' Sermon on the Mount here, he would preach on what we've called the B-attitudes, 
all right? He would preach on the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes describe the Christ-like or Christian character. What you need to have in order to be Christ-like or to have Christian character. Uh, They show these Beatitudes, they show a relationship with God. You see, if your relationship, if your vertical relationship with God isn't right, okay, then your horizontal relationships with others isn't going to be right, okay? You must always make sure that this relationship is right so that this relationship can be right, okay? And and people wonder, Brother DeVito, why can't I get along with with Brother so-and-so, Sister so-and-so? Why are my uh, my wife or, or my husband, why are we always at each other's throats? Well, uh, first you must examine, is this relationship right? Is my relationship with God right? Because if it is, then this relationship, your horizontal relationship with others is going to be right. You see, here in Matthew chapter number five, the first four verses would speak of our vertical relationship, our relationship with God the Father. All right. And then the next four verses would speak of our horizontal relationship, our relationship with others. You see, you must let God work in you that he may work through you so that you can have a blessed life. I'll read that again. You must let God work in you that he may work through you so that you can have a blessed life. If I were to ask you, uh, uh, who wants to have a blessed life? I think, I think we would all raise our hands, two hands, two feet. Yeah, you want to be blessed of God. But in order to have a blessed life, you must live out what Jesus said here in the first 12 verses. Okay, The Christian character isn't just for enjoyment, but it's to be an influence on this world. See, if you do all the things that are listed in the first 12 verses, uh, and you reap the blessings because of it, it's not so that you can be, so that you yourself can be satisfied, so that you yourself can prosper, all right, so that you yourself can have, can have all that you want, but rather it's this, uh, so that you can have a big impact and have a gospel-minded witness and testimony on this lost and dying world. You see, maybe you're asking, Brother DeVito, how can I have an influence on such a wicked society that we live in? How can I have an influence? Well, uh, the definition of influence simply means to flow into, or, or this, a compelling force. Okay? Here in this passage, Jesus used an everyday item to teach how we can have an influence on people around us. He used an everyday item such as salt. All right, and I know it's, it's kind of hard for you to see, but this is salt, I promise. All right, I'm not going to taste it. All right, but he used an everyday household item okay, to show how we can have an influence on this world. So how can you have an influence on such a wicked society? Well, and I'm kind of reading some of y'all's thoughts. Most of y'all would already say, Brother DeVito, this world is so wicked. Uh, I think you're too late, brother. Uh, I think you're a few generations too late. Uh, In other words, Brother DeVito, there's no hope for this world. There's there's nothing we can do. Brother DeVito, the the bus ministry isn't going to work. I don't care how hard you try. I don't care how many doors you knock on. It's not going to work. Because this, this world is too wicked. Brother DeVito, uh, uh, when you go witness to those teenagers down at the Newman High School and such as that, hey, Brother DeVito, you're not going to be able to reach them. It's, it's too tough. They're, it's too wicked. And I would say, listen, Jesus lived in a very wicked day and time. He, he lived in the culture such as Rome and Greece. A very wicked, very, very uh, vile uh, uh, cultures there. See, it was wicked then. And it's wicked today. The world is not getting any better, folks. It's not. But it behooves us to be salt and light. So how can you have an influence on such a wicked society? Well, it's simple. All you have to be is salt. All you have to be is salt. Okay? The Bible would say there in the latter verses, verse number 14 and 15, that a candle burning about a candle burning in the night. You see, back in that day and time when, the, when it became dark outside, they couldn't just walk in their house and flip a switch and turn on the lights. No, 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 they didn't have that. They didn't have electricity, so they would have to light a candle. And the, and the Bible would continue there to say that, um, the Bible would continue to say that uh, who would go and then cover that light? 
who would then go as a as a uh, song would say and put a put a bushel over it and we would all say no all right uh, who would do that all right in other words we we have to be distinct from the world you see you you have two sides two sides of the coin here uh, you have the people of the earth and the people of the world and then you have the christians and the believers there there must be a distinction there ought to be a distinction and it's not to say that, that the Christians, the, the saved individuals are better than those who are in the world. All right. It's not to say that. No, because we're simply sinners saved by grace. All right. But it is to say that Jesus saved us out of the world. All right. He took us out of the world to put us as saved individuals back into the world. Okay. Uh, you're, you are the salt and light of the world. You see, you're not just supposed to, to, and I'm not going to do it, I promise. I promise, Pastor, I'm not doing it. You're not supposed to just dispense salt, okay? You're not just supposed to take a little grain of salt and sprinkle it in the world. You're not just supposed to take a little bit of, of the gospel witness and drop it down in the world. No, 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 the Bible says ye, ye are the salt and ye are the light. You are. So you may ask, Brother DeVito, how big is our influence supposed to be? How much of, a, of an impact am I supposed to make? Well, how many people are in the world? How many people? How many billions of people are in the world? That's how big of an impact we're supposed to make. That's how many people we're supposed to reach. Everyone needs the gospel. You see, we're not meant to be isolated from the world. Uh, uh, we're a called out assembly and, and we even invite folks to come to church with us, but we're not, uh, we're not designed to just uh, stay here at church all the time. We're not designed to stay here and live here at the church. All right. You, you may feel like that. Like we're here, uh, we're here all every day of the week. All right. But we're not designed that way. We're not designed to, to be isolated from the world. You see, he didn't save us from the world all right? He didn't save us from the world to never have contact with him again. No, he saved us, all right, to be a different, uh, a peculiar people. And we are to be, as the Bible says here in this passage, salt of the earth. So the way we make a difference is that we have to have contact with the world. We must uh, have an influence and an impact on this world. You see, God instituted a few things, okay? He instituted, uh, first of all, he instituted government. And the government is supposed, supposed to promote good and deter evil. To promote good and deter evil. To promote the good things and say, good job, yes, you're doing a good job, keep it up. And then to the evil things, stomp it out, punish it, and do away with it. That's what they're supposed to do. You see, the home is supposed to do the exact same thing. They're supposed to promote good and deter the evil. They're supposed to make known to their children what is right and what is wrong. So how can we have an influence on such a, uh, such a wicked society? Well, simple. We must be salt and light. And I'm not just talking about salt and light when, when you're out in the world and when you're at your workplace, but I'm also talking when you're at home. You're supposed to be salt and light. Your kids ought not look at you and say, wait a second, wait a second. They're one way at church, but they're another way at home. They, they say they don't do this at church, but when we come home, that's what the TV goes on to. Okay, they, there ought to be a distinction. There ought to, again, we ought to promote the good and deter the evil. You see... There are many functions of salt. We like salt for its flavor. Amen. We like foods because of salt. Christians ought to make the people of the world want to become Christians. You see, salt preserves. Salt preserves. Well, how does it preserve? And again, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist, especially a food scientist, okay? I, I tried to explain that in the beginning. But uh, it simply, it dehydrates when you put salt on food. And back in this time, if you can imagine as they were uh, fishers, all right? And so they had a lot of fish. So after they cleaned them, all right, to preserve the meat, they would place salt on them. And what it does is it dehydrates the food. 
takes the moisture from the food and the bad bacteria and the bad bacteria has no moisture to help it grow. So thus it keeps the food from decaying as quick. Okay? That's what salt does. Well, if you recall uh, what verse number 13 said, Jesus said that ye are the salt of the earth. In other words, ye are the uh, preservation of this world, of this earth. Ye are. And if you, as the salt, are removed, the society, the world that, in which we live, is going to decay rapidly. Why? Well, because that bad bacteria of sin, if you will, all right, will bring about decay, will bring about death, and sin, when it is finished, bring it forth death. So if biblical Christianity, uh, Christianity's character that has the attributes of Christ is removed from society, from the world, then the decaying process is going to set in. Let me ask you, how, how are uh, public schools doing nowadays since, since the Bible was removed, since that old thing such as prayer was removed? How are they doing? You see, the world's going to say, hey, let's, let's get rid of that Bible, that King James uh, Bible. Let's get rid of it, and, 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 and let's get rid of all the old-fashioned things, such as prayer and all the other things uh, that pertain to such as that, because those things are old. They're outdated. They're as old as salt, and they're going to try to get rid of it. And I wish, uh, even as believers, that we would learn uh, from even the Old Testament as it would teach about the southern kingdom of Israel. You see, the southern kingdom of Israel lasted longer than the northern kingdom of Israel because they had kings such as Josiah and others that were salt, that said, oh, we're not going to take in this idolatry. In fact, in fact, we're going to promote the good and we're going to deter that evil stuff. And because of that, well, they had a longer, a longer lifespan. They, they lasted longer. They were under God's blessing longer. You see, the, in my opinion, the United States of America is better and has a lot to owe to biblical Christianity because we've been a preservative for this country. And you see, when the rapture happens or, or when the Lord calls us home in the twinkling of an eye and we're with, with God and the salt is removed, guess what? And the, and the tribulation sets in. Yeah, this world is going to decay rapidly. You see, where salt is applied, it preserves. But if you notice, what, is, uh, what the second part of that verse says? In verse number 13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall be salted? It is thence good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You see, sodium chloride, a.k.a. salt, does not lose its quality. So there's been some debate over that last portion of the verse because how does salt lose its saltiness, if you will? How, how, can, it, how can it do that? Well, you got to remember, in that day and time, okay, in, in, the, in, in that day and time, salt was primarily from the Dead Sea, okay, and from other places. But this, they did not have a refinery, okay? They didn't have a refinery. And so, in other words, when they went to gather the salt, okay, they would pick up other elements, such as sand and rocks and, and, and dirt, okay? They would pick up all kinds of stuff in there. And what, the, what that ended up doing, okay, is, is it can contained a low percentage of pure salt. So thus, when they would, would sprinkle it on that fish and they would try to preserve the fish, well, the percentage of pure salt was super low. They're, uh, super low to none because of all the other mixtures and, and elements. In other words, the mixture was adulterated. It, it would lose its savor and only the other elements would be there. Now the salt, now the salt, if you will, and, and I got this, it, I know it's far away, you may not be able to see it, it kind of looks like pepper, but it's not, it, it's potting soil, okay, and I just went and got some, all right, but again, uh, 
this is kind of what they, what they would graph from the Dead Sea area, if you will. Okay, and it, it's got some white flakes in there, all right? But again, now this salt is not part of the solution. But now it's part of the contaminating factor, part of the problem. You see, uh, pure salt, you see, if I, and I know we've already, most of us have already eaten, but I'm already thinking about dinner, all right? So when you, when you go home this evening and, and whatever you're about to prepare, all right, and you go to put salt on it, how many of y'all would want this kind of salt? I mean, I mean, it's still good. I'm sure it still tastes okay. I mean, mom said dirt ain't going to hurt you, all right? All right, or who would want the pure salt, the, the unadulterated salt, the, the pure substance? You see, if salt has lost its savor, and, and again, I'm not illustrating how to lose your salvation, okay? We're not, we're not talking about that. But if salt gets mixed with dirt, it only adds to the corruption. You see, Christians oftentimes try to be salt that's mixed with dirt. And you see, uh, and you see, why would the world want this? You you wouldn't want to eat with it. You wouldn't want to put this put this on your table when you had guests over. No, why would the world want this? But yet, that's what uh, Christians oftentimes try to do. They try to be salt. This this has salt in it. I promise. All right, but it also has a ton of other things in there. A lot of dirt and, and sin and and, and just pure evil. I see Christians uh, try to sometimes be like this. You see, Christians that use cuss words, why, why would the world want that? They, they have to listen to cuss words all the time. They have to go home, and, and their, their home is filled with cuss words. They turn on TV, it's full of cuss words. And Christians that use cuss words, why would, why would the world want that? You see, Christians that listen to music that is laced with immorality and violence and perversions, why would the world want that? Why? You see, you're trying to mix church and the world. You're trying to have both the two. You're trying to have the both the two worlds, and it's not working. You see, it's happening all around us. Baptist churches, uh, uh, independent Baptist churches, even. All right, they're trying to be trendy, if you will. They're trying to be groovy. They're trying to get the worship band up here, put the drum set over there. All right, get the get the lights up, put the fog machines down there. All right, they're trying to appeal to the to the younger generations, if you will. They're trying to be more trendy, and yet, in fact, it, it's not working. Why? Because the world's viewing it, and yeah, it looks just like what they have. It looks just like the salt they have on their table. You see, uh, he saved you out of that. He saved you out of those lifestyles. He pulled you out of that way of life. All right, not just so you can go back. No, but that you can be different and that you can be light to a dark world. See, trying to be this type of salt, you're only helping in the decaying process of the world. A Christian that gossips and a Christian that slanders, you're only helping the decaying process. You see, believer, all I'm trying to say is we need to be pure salt. We need, to, we need to be uh, Christians, if you will, that are salty in every way. We need to be uh, Christians who are, who are not filled with pride because, again, that's what the world is filled with. We need to be Christians that mourn over sin, not that are flipping about sin, whatever goes. No. We need to be Christians who are meek, not Christians who are willing to be... Uh, Christians who are meek and are willing to be taught, not Christians who are resistant, okay? There, there's a lot of kids that are like that. If you've ever, and Brother Bignell can testify, if you ever teach junior church upstairs, all right, there's a lot of kids that will be resistant, all right? And they're like, no, I'm going to do it my way. And they'll give you the hand, no, I'm going to do it my way. Or they'll give you, or they'll give you the attitude, okay? And, and no matter what I do, no matter, no matter what kind of cartwheel I do, all right, no matter what I do, I, I can't get their attention back on the word of God. Well, oftentimes, even here, down here in big church, Christians are that same exact way. They don't necessarily put their hand up during service, or, or they may, all right? But they don't necessarily put their hand up, but in their hearts, they're saying, 
No, Pastor. No. Come on. No, 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 no. No, don't don't try to teach me that. No, 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 no. I'm not going to accept that. And they're resistant to what to what the word of God is trying to tell them. See, we need Christians who who hunger and thirst after righteousness, righteousness, not Christians who want more and more and more of the world. We we need Christians who are merciful in a world that is filled with hate. We need Christians who are filled with joy in a world that's filled with gloom. You see, Christians, we need to be, we must be pure salt. We ought to be a person who is different from the world. We ought to be an example uh, of what people in the world desire to become. People at your job ought to see your testimony and desire to have that. They ought to see the lifestyle that you live and, and want that. But the level of impact that our influence has is determined by our godly characteristics. Okay, the level of our impact on this lost and dying world is dependent upon our godly characteristics. You see, you want to have an impact on this world? I think we all would. Well, then you must seek to be holy and godly in all things. You see, our influence is determined by our character. You see, what Jesus wants us to do is to follow him, not as, uh, not as just flippant Christians, but as his real true disciples that will take on his characteristics and then not stay in our salt shakers, if you will, all right, or in our salt cellar, but get out in the world where, where you are the salt of the earth and where you can have the most impact on this world. Amen. You see, the idea is that the salt of the earth, in order to have the most impact, in order for us as salt of the earth to have the most impact, hey, we must be pure salt. You see, God didn't call us uh, to secret Christianity. He didn't call us to, to hide, hide our Christianity badge, if you will. No. People in our neighborhood ought to know that you're a Christian. You need a close relationship with God that translates into godly character. You see, salt stings. It really does. I don't, I don't know if you've ever uh, bent down. I don't, guys at school, I don't know why we did this, but again, we're in college. But we put some salt, salt on the ground and we kneeled down to see who could last the longest on our knees in the salt. All right, pure salt, again, uh, sea salt. And we, we made a whole line of it. And then all of us knelt down and just, I don't, I don't know, to show who was, who was the toughest. I don't know, okay? But we all knelt down in that salt. And I mean, that stuff stings, okay? At first you're like, oh, come on. Is, is this really that bad? But after a few minutes, all right, and, and I don't remember how long the last guy lasted. I know I wasn't the last guy. I was like, all right, y'all, y'all have fun. All right, but again, we, it stung. And you see, salt stings and salt has a bite to it. And we must be salt to this world and have contact with the world, even though they don't want it. Even though they, they may shut the door in our face. You see, you say, Brother Vita, why? Well, it's simple. They need it. They need it. And we've got to have contact with the dark world, even though they don't want the light. A preacher once said, Christians oftentimes throw up their hands and and discuss and reproach the world because the world is sinful. But what can you expect from unsalted meat? What what can you expect? They're, They're worldly. You see, the reproach is rather on us because we're not, uh, because we are not acting uh, or because we're acting like the world. The reproach is more on us. You see, when you share the gospel, you're being salt. Do you know that? Men, when you go out on, on Saturday after or Saturday mornings, hey, you're being salt. When, when, you, when you witness at Walmart or at the gas station, wherever you may be, you're being salt. When you, when you invite somebody to church, all right, to, to be your friend and, and come join or come visit the church, hey, you're being salt. We must, we must soul win. Why? Because it's the salt business. 
We, we, need, to con we need to be in contact with the world. We tell, uh, again, uh, oftentimes, sometimes when we're out there and we're knocking on doors, you know what oftentimes happens? Oftentimes. I'm sorry, we're not interested. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. Or sometimes they don't even say nothing. Okay, it's just like, boop, and there goes the door. Okay? But regardless, that shouldn't deter us from going. We ought to still go. It's needed. It's needful. It's needful despite, uh, or even though it's uncomfortable. It's needful. And we must not avoid people who don't make us feel comfortable to be around. But we must go to them, invite them to church. And I think we've all been there. We've seen that person, uh, whether they be homeless or whether they, they have the markings of the world, okay? And, and it's hard. It's hard even with a group of men from our church to go over there and say, hey, I'm from Central Park Baptist Church, and I'd just simply like to invite you to church. Do you have a church home? It's hard to invite them to church. It really is. Why? Because it takes me out of my comfort zone, and it places me in an uncomfortable spot where, where I would rather just kind of shrivel up and be to myself. But rather, we ought not avoid it, but we ought to go to them. Go to them. And it simply invite them to church. That's what I challenge the teenagers upstairs. Hey, you, you don't got to lead them down the Romans road or anything like that. No, just simply invite them to church. Take the first step and invite somebody to church. On your way home this afternoon, when you stop at the gas station or, or you stop at the restaurant, hey, invite somebody to church. Take that first initiative, that first step, if you will, and just simply hand them a track. Invite them to church. Take two steps. All right, and ask, ask them uh, about their personal eternal state. Ask them where they're going to go when they die. Not because we're trying to be mean, not because we're, we're trying to make it burn. No, but simply because we love them and we care for them. And it is an important question. Christian, do you want to have a blessed life? You see, in order to have a blessed life, you must possess the Christian character that is found in the first 12 verses that we read. But also, you must remember that the blessings reaped from having biblical Christian character isn't just for you, isn't just for your prosperity, but it's to be a godly influence to this world. So how can you have an influence on such a wicked society? It's simple. Be salt and light to this world. Be salt and light to this world. We must be pure salt and, and holy salt. Not, not one that only adds to the decaying process, but one that's different, a peculiar people. You see, Jesus wants us, all Jesus wants us to do is follow him as his real true disciple and take on his characteristics, be more Christ-like, and then not stay, not stay in our personal comfort zone, not stay in our salt shaker where it's comfortable, but get out and make an impact on this world. I'm afraid that some church members don't come so on and even on Saturday mornings because they're scared of getting out of their comfort zone and knocking on somebody's door, uh, not knowing who they may speak to. Yes, and I'll be the first to, to admit that it is scary. It is scary because you don't know. You don't know what you're walking into. But the Lord knows, and, and what I try to pray every Saturday morning before the men leave is, Lord, go before us. God, God, already be speaking to their heart, already be convicting them, so that whenever I come to the door, no matter how much I'm shaking, all right, no matter, no matter how I feel, when I come to the door, they're like, you know what, I was just thinking about this. You know what, we've been looking for a church home. You know what, you know what? Uh, I, I've been concerned with where I'm going to go when I die. And then as a believer, simply all I have to do is point them to the Lord and point them to the Savior. Don't be a church member who limits their saltiness. You see, we're about to have our missions conference come up soon. And, when he, and as the Lord speaks to your heart, don't be one to limit God and say, Lord, Lord, I, I'm such and such age. I mean, I'm, I'm over that age. I, I mean, I can't go to that foreign mission field. Lord, Lord, I, 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 know, I know you're speaking to my heart about that, but God, that, that's a big step. That, I mean, you're probably talking to the guy or the lady behind me. That, that's something big. But as the Lord speaks to your heart, don't be somebody that limits God and says, 
Lord, Lord, I can only be, I can only be half, a half full shaker. I, I can't be 100% pure salt. Don't be one to limit God and, and your saltiness to this world. So how do you become salt and light to a dark and decaying world? It's simple. You must apply yourself to the Christian character in the Beatitudes, but also you must remember that the benefits reaped from having biblical Christian character isn't just for your pleasure, but to have a pure godly influence on this lost and dying world. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around, please. Christian, how's your relationship with God?